Welcome to Tax Notes Talk, a podcast from Tax Notes, the leading source of tax news, information, and analysis. Welcome to the podcast. I'm David Stewart, Editor-in-Chief of Tax Notes Today International. This week, unilateral actions. In a number of previous episodes, we've talked about the OECD project on the digital economy and how much of the effort was aimed at avoiding countries adopting unilateral measures. Today, we're talking about one such unilateral measure that has gained traction among countries that are actively engaged in the OECD process, the digital services tax. Joining me to talk about the digital services tax are Tax Notes Today reporter Jad Shamsuddin and Tax Notes Today legal reporter Ryan Finley. Jad, Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Ryan, why don't we start with an overview of what these digital services taxes are? Sure. So digital services taxes are turnover level taxes on certain types of digital services. Although the legislation and proposals differ, they're generally modeled on a 2018 proposed directive that was released by the European Commission. Even though they didn't end up achieving consensus on the proposal within the EU, at least not yet, a lot of individual European countries have proceeded with their own versions of the DST. Before you keep going, let me just clarify. So when we're talking about a turnover level tax, we're talking about this isn't profit, this is just sales, right? Yes, correct. It's more of a uh, European or UK version of the word revenue. So there are global and national revenue thresholds, but the DSTs generally apply to advertising revenue from social media, search engine, and online marketplace platforms. So what countries are moving forward with DSTs? Well, a number of European countries are. France, the French National Assembly and Senate have approved the DST. The UK included a DST in their annual finance act, and they recently released draft legislation that would implement a DST effective in 2020. Also, Italy and the Czech Republic have introduced DSTs, and the Spanish government is working on a DST proposal. Outside of Europe, Mexico, New Zealand, and Malaysia have all proposed adopting DSTs. So why is all this action happening now? Well, supporters of DSTs say they're necessary to ensure that multinationals with a significant economic presence in a country pay their fair share of taxes there. Since the base erosion and profit shifting project launched in 2012, some countries, and especially European countries, have said the existing international framework for determining whether you have a taxable presence and allocating taxable income to that presence have become outdated because of digital business models. The nexus standard under the existing income tax treaty system generally requires a physical presence, which isn't necessary when you're a digital service company. After countries fail to reach any firm agreement on measures addressing the digital economy during the BEPS project, some countries decided that progress was too slow and that some sort of urgent stopgap temporary measure was necessary in the meantime. The DST proposal by the European Commission was basically that short-term measure. Support for this podcast is provided by the University of California Irvine School of Law Graduate Tax Program. Since you're listening to this podcast, it's a good bet that you're interested in learning about taxes. Well, our sponsors want to teach you even more than we can. The Graduate Tax Program is a one-year, full-time program offered at the UC Irvine campus. It's ranked as the number one graduate tax program on the West Coast. The program offers students a unique academic experience combining in-depth doctrinal work and practical perspective. The program boasts a small student-to-faculty ratio that ensures students get the attention they need to succeed in their studies and their careers. For domestic students and U.S. permanent residents, the deadline to apply is April 1st, 2020. Non-U.S. students must apply by February 1st. Apply today. Visit law.uci.edu slash gradtax. That's law.uci.edu slash gradtax. 
Now, given all the countries that are passing this sort of legislation, I'm sure that they're not all passing the same legislation. So what are the key differences between the proposals we're seeing? First, there are differences in terms of the monetary thresholds that determine when the tax applies, and there are some differences in the rate. Most countries, including France, have tended to stick to the 3% rate proposed in the European Commission's 2018 proposal, although the UK uses a 2% rate. Other differences include the degree to which countries have tried to address some of the criticisms and concerns that relate to the DST, one of which is that the amount of your DST liability could be greater than your net profit on a certain activity, or if you have a loss, you could still have tax liability under the DST because it's imposed at the gross level. So, for example, the UK DST legislation has this alternative charge mechanism that limits the tax as a percentage of operating profit. They also have a 50% exclusion for digital services revenue that was taxed by a DST in another country. All right, so these countries have been arguing digital companies, these online companies, should be paying more tax, and they're proposing DSTs as a fix for that. What makes the DST so controversial? Well, one of the reasons commonly cited by U.S. officials and the reason behind the recently announced U.S. trade investigation is that DSTs seem to deliberately target a sector that's dominated by U.S.-based multinationals. For example, in France, the DST is often referred to as the GAFA tax, which is an acronym for Google, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon. The definitions of taxable activities and the monetary thresholds that these DSTs use ensure that a very small number of companies will actually be subject to the tax, and most of them are large U.S. multinationals. Just as an example, the French law would only apply to multinational groups with revenue from taxable services that exceed 750 million euros globally and 25 million euros domestically. For the U.K., the global threshold is 500 million pounds and 25 million pounds domestically. Another common objection is that the DST as a tax on gross revenue could result in tax liability for companies with losses or low profit margins. So if a company is subject to tax on all of its revenue and it has less than a 3% profit margin, the effective tax rate on profit would exceed 100% under a 3% DST. Other criticisms are that DSTs violate treaty obligations and could lead to double taxation because there's no mechanism analogous to mutual agreement procedures with the DST. Critics also question whether DSTs will be, as they've often been claimed they're intended to be, actually temporary measures that sunset after there's some OECD agreement on a long-term measure. Chad, Ryan alluded to some complaints from U.S. officials about these DSTs. What are you hearing from lawmakers? How are they responding? Uh, They're not happy. There's definitely efforts to get Treasury to fight back against this tax, and it's been relatively bipartisan. Both sides of the aisle have argued that this tax that's being imposed by several countries is directly targeting Silicon Valley companies. So this is one issue where Republicans and Democrats actually agree on something? Yes, very much so. I've spoken with both Senate Finance Committee Chair Chuck Grassley, who has railed against them, as well as ranking member Ron Wyden, the Democrat from Oregon. And the same thing with House Ways Committee members, the Republicans and Democrats have both come out against it. I think there is just a general view that this is kind of an anti-American business tax and it singles out, you know, kind of the largest tech companies that are located in Silicon Valley. 
And they've seen letters from Grassley and Wyden to Secretary Steve Mnuchin, as well as the House Ways Committee Republicans that have urged retaliatory measures against the countries that are trying to impose this tax. Ron Wyden and Chuck Grassley have said in their letter that they should take punitive measures against France by double taxing its businesses and citizens. And there's also the issue that this could affect any kind of post-Brexit trade agreement if the UK imposes a DST. So Wyden was pretty blunt in saying there would be no agreement between the US and UK if Britain goes ahead with the DST. Now, the French have said that this DST is temporary and that once the OECD reaches an agreement that it will be removed. Does this have any effect on the lawmaker's position? No. No one tends to believe that the OECD is close to coming up with a deal considering that the magnitude of the deal and the amount of countries that are involved in negotiating this kind of deal. They are worried that if the French impose such a tax, other countries will follow and the tax will just stay in place for years to come. Houseways ranking member uh, Kevin Brady basically said the French and other countries are holding U.S. companies hostage until this issue is resolved. Have lawmakers expressed any sense that they understand why these taxes are being imposed? There is not so much an understanding, but I have heard from one Houseways Means member, Lloyd Doggett, a Democrat from Texas, who understood the fact that a lot of these U.S. companies tend to shift revenue elsewhere and that there has to be some kind of place to hold them accountable. But at the same time, he also saw it as a direct attack against U.S. companies and that they should be working with the United States as opposed to kind of imposing this tax. Are there any measures that the Congress is thinking about that might address these foreign DSTs? There isn't much Congress can do about the DST, really, besides urge uh, Secretary Mnuchin to retaliate in some way. There is certain trade issues that they can impose, perhaps tariffs to a certain degree, but Congress's hands are pretty much tied in this issue. I think there is the general bipartisan sense that the solution has to be found, but I think besides urging the Trump administration to do something about it, Congress can't really do much. All right. Well, it sounds like, as always, this is going to be an issue that we're going to have to keep an eye on for the next several months. So, uh, Jad, Ryan, thank you for being here. Thanks very much. Thank you for having us. And now, coming attractions. Each week, we preview commentary that will be appearing in the Tax Notes magazines. I'm joined by Executive Editor for Commentary, Jasper Smith. Jasper, what will you have for us? Thanks, Dave. In Tax Notes Federal, Jasper Cummings explains the arguments used in a recent IRS memorandum to justify taxing foreign partners on their share of U.S. partnership income. Barbara D. Marini argues that the U.S. Treasury should issue additional guidance on Section 45Q, which provides a taxpayer credit for carbon capture and sequestration. In Tax Note State, James Brown analyzes whether partnerships should amend their operating agreements in response to new centralized partnership audit rules. Michael Sontag, Stephen Jasper, and Michael Catone discuss due process International Harvester, and a recent debate on those issues. And in Tax Notes International, Leopoldo Pareda comments on the EU Advocate General opinion in Vodafone Hungary and explains how the analysis of a Hungarian telecommunications tax affects ongoing debates on the legality of the member state's digital turnover-based taxes. Thomas Horst evaluates large U.S. non-financial corporations based on information in the financial statements that corporations included with their annual 10K. You can read all that and a lot more in the July 29th editions of Tax Notes Federal, State, and International. That's it for this week. 
You can follow me on Twitter at TechStew, that's S-T-E-W. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for a future episode, you can email us at podcast at taxanalyst.org. And as always, if you like what we're doing here, please leave a rating or review wherever you download this podcast. We'll be back next week with another episode of Tax Notes Talk. Tax Notes Talk is a production of Tax Notes. You can learn more about us by visiting www.taxnotes.com backslash products. When major media wants the straight story, they turn to Tax Notes. Thank you for listening, and join us again for another edition of Tax Notes Talk. Tax Analyst Inc. does not provide tax advice or tax preparation services. Nothing in the podcast constitutes legal, accounting, or tax advice. A full disclaimer is included in the transcript.